0: Hi everyone, thank you for joining us on this episode of Ahead of the Curve, a podcast series produced by the Georgia Department of Transportation that spotlights, as you know, our amazing people, programs, and projects that help make our state's transportation network, say it all with me, Ahead of the Curve. I'm Natalie Dale, and we have a great episode for you today, maybe one of my favorite, Season 2, Episode 1. We have... We have rounded all the bases. Here we go. Season two. Are y'all ready? Georgia DOT is awarded approximately $1.9 billion billion in construction contracts in the fiscal year 2023. So you've got the big contractors, of course, and they've been on those big, larger contracts. But a vital component of those projects and of those contracts is also the disadvantaged business enterprises included in the bids as subcontractors. If you or someone you know owns a disadvantaged business enterprise, registered small business, or a veteran owned small business, and are interested in doing business with GDOT, stick around. This episode is for you. We will teach you how to become DBE certified and how to get started working with us. In this episode of Ahead of the Curve, we're talking with Kimberly King, GDOT's Equal Employment Opportunity Director. And we've got our first state transportation board member, 1st one, Stacey Key, she's joining us. So stick around, you do not wanna miss it.
1: On most days,
0: you are a pedestrian at some point, whether you realize it or not. From walking across a parking lot, getting to where you need to go, to fixing a flat tire on the side of the road. There are many instances where you might not realize you are a pedestrian. Both drivers and walkers have a shared responsibility to look out for each other. It's important to always pay attention when walking and driving. Follow the rules of the road and obey signs and signals. If you break down, be sure to stay in your car until help arrives. And always remember to see and be seen. Created in 1982, Natalie Dale. No, just kidding. Also created in 1982, the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program, DBE, so we're going to use that a lot. You know we love our acronyms. Is a legislatively mandated U.S. DOT program that applies to federal aid highway dollars expended on federally assisted contracts issued by state DOTs like us, like GDOT. The DBE program ensures that federally assisted contracts for highway, transit, and aviation projects are made available for small businesses owned and controlled by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals, and we'll get into uh, the details of that as we move forward this conversation. GDOT has many resources, amazing resources available to DBEs, and we'll talk about it in today's episode with our very special guests, Kimberly King and board member Stacey Key. Kimberly, Stacy, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we want to take a moment to get to know you before we really dive into the meat of this. So, Miss Key, Stacy, if you'll let us know, tell us about yourself. What do we need to know about
2: you? First of all, Natalie, congratulations on season two. Thank you. Hey, congratulations two on being season two, one, two ones. episode one, uh, ahead of the curve. And I will tell you that G dot is clearly the head of the curve, the top D O T across the country. So clearly ahead of the curve. And uh, I, think I think can we agree can agree on that Agreed. absolutely first of all I represent as a board member the, the mighty as we call it the mighty fifth congressional district which is the heart of our state It's the heartbeat of power uh, all things that happen happen here in the fifth congressional district so it's my honor to serve the fifth congressional In my day job, I'm the chief executive officer of an organization called the Georgia Minority Supplier Development Council, GMSDC. It's a 48-year-old organization that's whole mission and purpose is to connect minority businesses to corporate supply chains. And so what we do every single day is create jobs, create wealth in communities of color across this great state and nationwide and globally, actually. So I will tell you, it is no better job than what i have at gmsdc and what i do i've seen companies go from two people to half a billion dollars and so to see the jobs and the wealth that's created as part of that is uh is energizing i will tell you i'm a mother of a daughter who's an, a senior in college yay yay uh and graduating next year thank goodness um and so that's big, that's big. Real yeah, world. yeah 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 real world, I, I, here yeah, you come. Uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i want her i want her i like <laughs> ready fly girls fly right away um but my background has been in corporate. Uh, over the years, I've worked for those iconic brands that we know and love, the IBMs, the AT&T, Bell South, Schlumberger, nuts, oil and gas, uh, Samsung, telecommunication. And so I've got a corporate background, but we also had a family business. For those of you out there that are familiar with Brewster's Ice Cream, uh, we had several unfortunately, other low, yeah, I am. Yeah. I mean, fortunately I am, but unfortunately. Yeah, we had the, the, the Mercedes-Benz, Georgia Dome contract, the Hawks, uh, and so we've worked throughout the throughout the whole metro area in terms of bringing high quality, smoking hot ice cream to every single family.
0: Which brings like one of the most important questions, which is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor is turtle.
2: It's a combination. It's chocolate based. It's got caramel and pecans. And all their ice creams are made fresh in the store. My mother was. That was a family business. My mother was the ice cream maker. My sister was responsible for the marketing, and so, and I had the day-to-day operations. so as a family business, so to my experience at GMSDC, I bring actually running a small business, understanding the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and the ugly as part of that, and bring that corporate experience as well, in working with corporations, so I've got the best job.
0: Well, and we are so lucky to have you. Thank and you. And I learned something new. I did not, I did not know, and so Kimberly, what is... Before before we get into who you are, I still
1: I want to know what your favorite ice cream flavor is. My favorite ice cream flavor is black walnut. Ooh. Ooh. But I got really excited when Miss Stacy was talking about the the turtle ice cream because there's a turtle cheesecake. Yes. Mm. That one's good. It's like mm. the greatest thing ever. <laughs> ever. I do, and I so I am a fan of all things turtle turtles, mm-hmm. the the little people,
2: yeah. <laughs> the little, she says the little <laughs> that have a shell
1: and people. live their lives the little, quietly. I just got a bigger. I love list. them. I, I love the chocolate turtles that Russell Stovers mm-hmm. sells. Just all things turtle. All things we turtle. can agree. So okay. for
0: all listeners, if you if you your way to Kimberly King's heart, send turtles, send live turtles. ones, live delicious ones, doesn't
1: Just send turtles. Send turtles.
0: Well, tell us more about your. Well, this is all very important. Tell us more about yourself. How long have you been at DOT? Your, who you were before, and who you are now.
1: Well, beyond turtles, Natalie, I have been here for eleven years now. Eleven. Eleven. It does not like feel yesterday. that long, but I have been we here. We came in today. at the same
0: time for eleven yesterday. years
1: now. I um, came to Georgia from my hometown of Peoria, Illinois. Um, where I was the uh, corporation counsel for the city of Peoria. So I, you know, was responsible largely for em- the employment law function, but also for collective bargaining, um, a lot of city council um, uh, meetings, advice and counsel to that body, et cetera. And my husband was working here uh, in Georgia. It was supposed to be a short-term assignment, and that short-term turned into a longer time where he suggested that the kids and I maybe relocate to Georgia. And I thought, eh, no, I don't want to do that. And and it really never occurred to me to leave. And and so when he said we needed to think about coming here, we did. And I thought I was going to stay at home, Natalie, and bake and, you know, take care of the kids. Make and turtles. Sort of be a, and make turtles. <laughs> sort of be this earth mother. And we though we'd listed our home in Peoria, we hadn't sold it, and we bought a house here. And so we had two mortgages, and he came home one day. He was like, babe, you gonna have to go back to work. I'm like, yeah, no, because that <laughs> wasn't the deal. But those two mortgages, he said, were a lot, and so we needed me to go back to work. And I applied for the job here at the Georgia Department of Transportation and have been here since December of 2012. And I love everything about the work. Um, you know, the people, my favorite part is, is the opportunity to get out and talk to people about the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program and watch the light bulb go off when people understand what this program provides, how it can assist their business, how it can help them grow and develop, um, you know, all of those wonderful resources that you talked about, Natalie. So, so you know, we certainly get in there and we do, you know, the heavy lifting, but but the great part is just that opportunity to get out into the world now that we are, you know, in person again and talk to people about the program and sort of share with them all of the wonderful things we're doing here at the Georgia Department of Transportation. So I appreciate the opportunity to reach an even wider audience here with you today. Thank you.
0: And and if I might say, which I can because I have the main mic, <laughs> I have seen the program flourish under your leadership. And, Absolutely. And everything Agreed. I say is fact because Agreed. this is my show. Right. So <laughs> our show together um, moved and seconded. Yes. There. See positive things happening. We we have seen so much growth, and you know I. Remember the last time I was down at the at the center indicator, which w- which we will talk about. We're, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, but um, just to see the individuals firsthand who benefit from it again, to see who who we're impacting. Um, but so, backing up a little bit, let's start with for th- for our listener who doesn't know. Let's just talk about what is GDOT's DBE program from the base.
1: So as you said, Natalie, we, we have a disadvantaged business enterprise program because we are the recipients of federal funds. Because we receive those federal funds from the Federal Highway Administration, Federal Transit, Federal Aviation, there is an expectation that the, a portion of those funds um, be spent with those disadvantaged business enterprises that you mentioned. So we have, from a start to finish sort of process that helps us to, as I said, go out and talk to folk about uh, DBE, why it's a benefit to their business, how their business can grow and be enhanced and further developed uh, by participation in the program. So, you know, once we identify firms that can be, that meet our eligibility criteria for participation, we certify those firms. Once those firms are certified, we then work with them, we assist them in finding opportunities for engagement on our federally funded programs and projects. Once they are then engaged, we have a responsibility to monitor that engagement to make sure that they are doing the work uh, that is the subject of a contract or a subcontract, that they are being paid appropriately, um, that they are working uh, in the area that they say they're working in. Once we've completed that monitoring process, we then report that activity to our federal operating administration. So you can see this cycle of certification, support, monitoring uh, and assistance, uh, and then reporting that we do uh, so that the federal government is clear that we are absolutely utilizing those dollars that they are providing in the way they would have us uh, to utilize those dollars.
0: How would you, not to put you on the spot, <laughs>
1: but you, But we all knew what we were getting here.
0: We are. Uh, uh, Not to put you on the spot, but how, how do we compare, uh, not necessarily when you talk figures and goals, but just in the way that our program is set up in the support opportunities that we have, how do we compare to other states?
1: I think we we compare really favorably. I think when we started this conversation, uh, Ms. Key indicated that we, in fact, were ahead of the curve as the Georgia DOT, and I think that's true for our DBE program. We are often called upon, not only by the Federal Highway, but by our colleagues around the state, or excuse me, around the country, to talk about our program, about how we do the work that we do, about how we focus on professional services, disadvantaged business enterprises, for example, when most of our colleagues really have a very strong focus on construction, that's what people know, that's where people go, that's what people do, but we have recognized a need to be as supportive of our professional services uh, disadvantaged business enterprises, and so we have gone about the business of trying to make sure that we are spending time and giving significant attention to those firm types as well, and because we're doing that, We are hearing from our colleagues around the state about how we're doing, or excuse me, I keep saying around the state, around the country, about how we're doing that. Well, what are you doing in terms of identifying um, professional services opportunities for your DBEs, and and how are you communicating those opportunities, and how are DBEs taking advantage of those opportunities? So we are absolutely ahead of the curve, uh, I believe, in terms of our program participation. Ours is one of the larger programs. We have over 3,000 firms in the directory. Um, that we can call up on to do the kind of work that is anticipated by a GDOT contract. We are certifying for the entirety of the state. We are certifying airport concessionaire DBEs as well. So folk are not only working on our projects, they're working at Hartsfield Jackson uh, International, the world's busiest airport. Um, so we are consistent and constant, Natalie, in finding those opportunities and assisting our DBEs with getting engaged in those opportunities and making sure that we are continuing to grow uh, the program.
0: Stacey, you have a passion for this. I absolutely. Know, and you, your involvement.
1: Yes, absolutely. I want to just add to what, what
2: Kimberly, I think the way uh, under her leadership and the department's commitment has allowed this program to be one of the top programs in the country. I get to see them across the whole nation and in and, and, and GDOT and how they've done this. We talked about construction, construction, uh, in this world paving and roads and bridges requires investment in equipment. Many of the disadvantaged businesses don't have that infrastructure to support that. Professional services, which is a really a high margin part of the business, allows them to participate and bring expertise in an area that doesn't require some of that investment that allows, that I, I may have experience as an as a engineer or some type, but I can participate and get involved without having to make that investment of some of that equipment. So I think the way they've done it strategically allows participation, it allows DBE growth, and it allows to create, you know, again, what it's intended to do, create wealth in communities that are disadvantaged. So I applaud GDOT in the approach and the strategy and how they've executed the program.
0: How have you seen, from your vantage point, the program grow in your time on the board? I will tell you, it seems like yesterday, that Kimberly joined the team. I, I mean, it's been eleven, 11
2: years, years. Yesterday, like let's yesterday. just yeah, sh- eleven years. 11. But 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 I've seen it again. The I think when it when when you got here, we didn't. When Kimberly, we didn't have the the supportive services contract. That the 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 whole su- supportive services infrastructure that's in Decatur is top notch. It's best in class. I'd put it up against any program across this country. I think uh, under Kimberly's leadership. Uh, I send people there, I talk. I get feedback from people saying they were incredible. They, they have information on all contracts across the state. They do development. They do everything to help them achieve the goal, of which is to partner or to do business with GDOT. Uh, it doesn't get any better. I think as we look at the next phase, as we've talked about, is under Kimberly's leadership, how do we replicate that throughout the state? That's the key thing. So Metro Atlanta, yes, but how do we get that to the Savannas, the Macons, the Augustas that st- need that same kind of supportive services across our whole state because they're top-notch.
0: So that's one of the resources that we offer to DBEs is the the, the Business Help Center, the Supportive Help Center. We have one indicator, and I'm hearing from Ms. Key that there is a there is a – Desire and a need to grow yeah. that program, always doing more, is that was that a was that initiated by the department as a new idea? Do do other states do that? Where did that idea come from?
1: Yes, other states absolutely do that. In fact, before we opened uh, the resource center in Decatur, we traveled, we took a road trip, uh, if you will, to Virginia to meet with our colleagues at the Virginia Department of Transportation because they had had for quite some time what they call a Bowed Center, B-O-W-D, a Business Opportunity and Workforce Development Center um, there in Virginia that, that really was what we were trying to model in terms of having a physical location for their disadvantaged business enterprises to go, to seek assistance, to utilize uh, in terms of um, you know, sort of shoring up their own business if they needed to have meetings and they needed a professional meeting space, they could use that Vowed Center if they needed to read plans and, you know, couldn't or didn't purchase them, we would have those plans available for them there. So we really have tried to replicate what they were doing at the Bowd Center, but we believe that we've grown, um, you know, beyond what, what they were doing because of the um, supportive services assistance that we're able to offer and and. Thank you, Ms. Stacy, for for your words as it relates to my leadership. But but really it's it's been about the commissioner and his having the vision uh, and the support and the desire to say to us, tell me what you need and how I can support you um, in in meeting those needs and in meeting the needs of the community that we are serving. And so we created the resource, the Business Resource Center Indicator. Uh, in 2016 when we received uh, funding from our state legislators uh, in what was called the Transportation Funding Act of 2015. The commissioner identified those state maintenance projects as right sized for small business and said to us, let us make sure that we are communicating the availability of these projects, that we are doing what we need to to get, get our small businesses here in Georgia engaged in those projects, The Board of Transportation, the State Board of Transportation said, let us be very specific and direct in our encouragement to small business, to veteran owned business, to disadvantaged business enterprises. So those are the business types that we focus on there at the Business Resource Center. And uh, that Business Resource Center is staffed by a disadvantaged business enterprise. MH Miles is itself a DBE who knows and understands the DBE landscape, who knows and understands what kind of support and assistance those firms needs. They, they really do start at the beginning and will be as basic as you need them to be and can become as complex uh, in their understanding and explanation of our service as they need to be. They, they really do meet the firm where they are and they do a fantastic job of helping those firms identify opportunities, get engaged in those opportunities, um, and then you know begin working Uh, on the, not only those routine maintenance opportunities, but sometimes they find opportunities elsewhere uh, in the state of Georgia through the procurement registry where all goods and services uh, by every agency in the state are procured. They can assist those DBEs in getting engaged there. And, And they have done it. They continue to do it at a very high level. And we just, we couldn't be prouder of the work that they're doing there. So much so that the rest of the state has noticed as well, mm-hmm. uh, to Miss Stacy's point about, you know, sort of having a resource center replicated around yeah, the absolutely, state. I the think. Department of Administrative Services asking us to assist them in developing that same sort of program for the rest of the state. That's how good we are.
0: There's so much good information in this episode. I, I, I feel like I'm const- we're constantly getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So because I said in the intro, and I want everyone to, I, I, I want the trust here. Mm-hmm. I said, in this episode, you're going to learn how to get certified as a DBE. So, if I, which I am a woman, mm-hmm. so if I own my own business, I, I would. You could be a DBE, yes. How does a small minority owned or veteran owned business become certified? Because you gotta be certified before you can get into the into the help center. Correct? That is correct. Correct, so how do I get certified? So, Who am I, what am I doing?
1: So you, the certification appears online. So if you go to our website and you can just Google Georgia Department of Transportation and the website will show up. You go to the Doing Business link. From the Doing Business link, you get a drop-down menu. On the right side of that menu, you will see Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. You click on that Disadvantaged Business Enterprise and it will take you to our page where there are any number of resources, but the one you're asking about specifically, the application appears there. It is a federally constructed application. We can't change it. So we get that application from the United States Department of Transportation, but that application is your way of communicating to us credibly that you meet the eligibility criteria of the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program, meaning you are a uh, for-profit firm owned uh, in at least a 51% share by an ethnic minority or a female, that you as that 51% owner have uh, met the criteria as it relates to business size, which is Uh, The SBA's business size standard that you, as the small business owner, meet a a personal net worth threshold, that you, as that 51% owner, have the ability to control that business in terms of your knowledge of that business, either through licensure, education, uh, experience. You know, we want to see that, in fact, you are running that day-to-day operation that you know and understand that day-to-day operation and you are providing us documentation in support of that. And so we are looking beyond just your ethnicity and your gender, that is a criteria but that is not the only criteria. That control and ownership consideration is really where we spend the bulk of our time vetting those applications, Natalie, to make sure that the people who are participating in the program are the people who ought to be participating in the program.
0: Which is very important. We want we want to serve the people who are doing the work, who, who are ready to go, and who qualify. Absolutely. Because, because that brings us back to common, the common goal and growing the program. How long does it take to get certified? What should I expect now that, I, now that I'm on the site and I'm in the process?
1: You're on the site, you're in the process. 90 days is what the federal regulation provides us to complete the application to approval or denial, but understand that that 90 days is a rolling 90 days from the time we receive a completed application. If, for example, we want to know more about your business size, the way we we make that determination is based on tax documents, your business, your federal business tax documents. If we ask you for your business tax documents on October 1st, and it takes you until November 15th, To get those to us, we don't have a completed application until November 15th. So that 90 days would start to roll again on November 15th. But you can expect about three months. We are generally tracking at about 62 days to complete an application. So we don't take 90 days, uh, but we have 90 days uh, pursuant to federal regulation to complete an application.
0: And can you work for GDOT without being certified?
1: You can absolutely work for GDOT without being certified, but you must be registered or pre-qualified. So understand that DBE certification is all about identity, Natalie. It is about you are who you say you are in terms of that ethnicity and gender and those other criteria. Capacity, your ability to do the work anticipated by a GDOT contract comes from either your um, registration that comes from our Construction Bidding Administration Division or your pre-qualification if you are in the professional services arena from our uh, engineering uh, department. So you must be pre-qualified or registered to do business with us, but that DBE certification is sort of a gold star. It is that which distinguishes you from another firm that might do the same kind of work, but doesn't have that certification because we have goals on those projects that we're trying to meet, and the only way we can meet those is with a disadvantaged business enterprise
0: which is a great segue into a question that we have to talk about but it's Just not move. my favorite question when it comes to this because i think while the the goals are they're they're not important they're they're part of the program. They're for a we, reason. Yes, we have we have to make those goals. But sometimes I think that the, the numbers don't show. Don't tell the whole story. Don't tell the whole story, especially in this. And so and so, I'm always cautious to talk about goals because we have big goals and we 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 want to go above and beyond. But they don't always tell the story. But every three years, we are required to set an overall DBE goal that we either meet or show in good faith efforts to meet. Which I think. Um, sets us apart these things set us apart Um, and so what is talk let's talk about goals where have we been where are we going with these goals
1: so our current overall agency goal is 16 percent that goal is based on i'm sorry 15 percent our that goal is based on a number of factors but largely what we are looking at is the type of work activity we're doing the number of dbes that are available to do that work the dollar amount associated with those work activities that we're going to be doing, and we look back and forward. So we're gonna look back at how we've done in the previous three years, and we're gonna look forward to anticipate how we think we might be doing in the next three years, because the goal should be realistic. It should be based on something that is achievable. And if we have outlying years, if we have one tremendously successful year, for example, we had the Northwest Corridor Project Um, in 2012, 13, 14, 15, that really did move our goal quite a bit because it was such a large project and there there was opportunity there for some individual DBEs to really do a significant amount of that work. It bumped our goal up. And so now we see that depending on the kind of work activity we're doing with that federal dollar, that the goal might look differently. Uh, because of the work activity we're doing. We're doing a lot of maintenance work with our federal dollar and that maintenance work is what we refer to as single source kind of work activity, meaning DBE is all about uh, subcontract. So how much subcontract opportunity appears on a particular project? Well, if we're doing lots of resurfacing work, which is really a single item type work activity, there's not a lot of subcontract. So the goals on our federally funded project project specific goals are going to be smaller than the 15%. They're gonna be 9% goals, 7% goals, 8% goals. So you can see that if your goal individually is smaller, then getting to that 15% may be a little more difficult. So it's all about how you're spending your federal dollars. But again, we here at the Georgia Department of Transportation are attentive to DBE in areas beyond the federal dollar. We talked about our state routine maintenance activity. Uh, What we didn't talk about was our TIA activity. What we didn't talk about was our capital construction activity. What I didn't talk about was our um, quick and rapid response activity, none of which require DBE participation, but all of which consider DBE participation because our commissioner has made that a priority for us.
0: And after the Transportation Funding Act, we were able to use more state funding. But there is no... Federal goal attached to our state funding because it's it's our state funding. That's correct. But that as correct. a state DOT, it there's is. A it, it's there's not, a commitment. There's a commitment. Ah, uh, talk about that commitment, Ms. Kim. Yeah.
2: And, and, and I, I think um, to Kimberly's, Kimberly and, to, and the Commissioner, Russell McMurray, there, there's a commitment there to utilize disadvantaged businesses. The state, the dollars that this, you know, up through the Transportation Funding Act opened a door. The Commissioner could have done all kinds of different things, but the choice was. I want to expand, I want to be more inclusive, I want to leverage this opportunity to include disadvantaged businesses now, at a state level. I'm, I have to for the federal, but I don't have to as a state. It's a choice, and he made the he made the conscious choice. His vision was to be more inclusive, to include more small businesses. Kimberly King done execution on that, and they've done a wonderful job. They really have, they set the model that can be used across the country. So. Uh, well, and if I may
0: say, passion by board members like yourself—I am very also, passionate. Absolutely, I was about to say also drive that. Absolutely, the, the sense that it, we may not have to, but we're always going to. Right, we're,
2: right, exactly. And you know, as a newly appointed chair of the Equal Access Committee, which which uh, oversees and works alongside Ms. King uh, on this initiative, uh, it's 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 a it's our opportunity to support, to provide help. Uh, any roadblocks they may have in terms of the program. That's the role of the Equal Access Committee and as a board member is to support the, the vision of the commissioner to ensure, again, uh, as a DOT, that we're setting the bar high uh, for the great state of Georgia.
0: What other, what other resources are available? We talked about a couple of big ones. What are, what are some of the resources? And resources have grown over the, in the last 11 years, resources have grown. Talk about
1: resources that we offer. So we talked about our supportive services on the state side. We spent quite a bit of time there in terms of the business resource center that is physically located in Decatur um, that offers an opportunity for people, you know, to go, to be in community, to be in relationship with their colleagues in the um, small business arena. But we also have a federally funded supportive services contract that is all about how our federal dollars are spent. So if you have a question, I'm going to be very specific, uh, Natalie. If you have a question about, Uh, getting engaged on a GDOT project. You know, I'd really like to submit a proposal on a GDOT project, but I've never done it before. I understand it's, you know, government. It's a lot of red tape. It's a pretty big deal. I'm a little hesitant. I'm nervous. I'm anxious about uh, submitting this proposal. What we do with our supportive services team is to actually sit with you as a DBE and say, here is a proposal that was successfully submitted on a similar type of engagement. And valuable. Six months ago, two years ago, whatever that is, and we actually sit with you and go through that document first to help you get familiar with it. Then we sit with a blank document for you and talk about how to go about filling in that document and what kinds of supporting documentation you need to include that's going to distinguish you from your competition. How you answer question 7A can be the difference between you and someone else. How you go about estimating that job, how you go about costing that engagement. We have supportive services providers that are not just cerebral, Natalie, in terms of sort of talking to you from a classroom perspective, but very practical. They were subcontractors themselves, so they know how to do this work. They were estimators at some of those large prime contractors with whom we do business, so they know how to estimate a job very specifically. They know how to talk to you about the materials and about mobilization, about those very practical aspects of the work that you're not going to get everywhere else. So that is a resource, I think, that we provide free of charge. Let me make sure I say that. It, this is all Can being done. Can you repeat done. that? Can you repeat that? Charge. Absolutely. Free of charge, gratis, nothing, zip, zero, nada is what it costs a disadvantaged business enterprise to get this kind of very specific very attentive, practical resource to help them do business. There are trainings that we do, one of which I love is called Go, No-Go. The objective of that training is to really help you sit at the beginning of a project and say, is this something I even should submit proposal on, right? To help you consider whether or not this is something that's going to be uh, good for your business or maybe not so good for your business. This may not be what you're interested in. Maybe we should be looking at something else for you, but that go, no go really does help you to think about in terms of how you do business, whether or not this is an engagement that you should have an interest in. And so again, the practicality, I think, is the thing that distinguishes our resources from others' resources. If, for example, you're talking about bonding on a job, you have to be bonded in some instances to do work with the Georgia Department of Transportation. And so some entities are going to talk to you about what a bond is and what a bond means and why we require a bond. We're gonna talk to you about your bondability. We're going to sit with you and show you a bond application and talk to you about how you fill out that bond application and what that means for your business in terms of being able to secure a bond to do the kind of work anticipated by a GDOT contract. Again, very practical in the way we go about offering assistance because we want our DBEs to walk away having gained something tangible that they can take with them to utilize on our GDOT project or on someone – you know, we – We set the standard, as Ms. Key has so eloquently um, said to you. And so our local government partners use our GDOT um, certification to make sure that the folk they're doing business with have met all of the necessary criteria. If you are prequalified at GDOT, you're going to get prequalified at the city of Atlanta. You're going to get prequalified in Cobb County. If you are a registered uh, subcontractor at GDOT, you can be a registered subcontractor in Brazelton, Georgia to do work there. Uh, to do work for Fulton County, to do work for DeCab. Again, we've set the standard, we've vetted these folk, so the local governments know and understand that process and rely upon it to do business with our DBE. So that disadvantaged business enterprise really is a point of access for you, Natalie. It provides you opportunities, it provides you entree to opportunities that you may not have had but for you're having gone through that DBE certification process.
0: Got to think about how overwhelming the process would be without someone to walk you through for free. Very true. Walk you through the steps, help you get there, want you to succeed. That's yes. true. You have you for know, free. free. We, w- Again, we want Want you to succeed for free. For want you to succeed for free. Free for free. Like that commercial for free free. For free. For, free. for free. free for free. Free for free free. For free free. We're gonna get ice cream for free. Yeah. For free. Well, I don't know. We know somebody at
1: Rooster.
2: No. We got a guy. We may be able to work out a little <laughs> something, something.
1: for
0: you. Hmm. I um, y- you have been Miss Keith, Daisy. You are the president and CEO of the Georgia Minority Supplier Development Council, where you have been for sixteen years. You have a passion uh, and a perspective, a unique passion and perspective for this. So, why is it important that this exists? Why is it important that this? DBA this opens exists? up
2: opportunities. Getting DBE certified opens opportunities you know we do a certification at GMSTC as minor as a minority so that's based on ethnicity we tell people at the same time get your dbe certification as well you're opening up all the doors of opportunity and if you're interested in doing work with an organization like a gdot get your dbe certification leverage the supportive services i'm telling you they are incredible incredible find a mentor find a coach somebody that can that's been down this journey that can help you as well as supportive services and um look for opportunities to jv or partner with small things if you if you're really serious about wanting to do work with gda was it three billion dollars a year you know roughly as an organization i mean why wouldn't you want to do business here Uh, you've got professional services you've got construction you've got lots you've got all the whole board members Yes, yeah, so supportive support board, board members. members. Yeah, yeah. You've got the whole gamut. And so an organization that's committed to helping small businesses grow and want you to be a part of that,
0: that's where I'm going to go. And I think you answered my question, but is there any additional advice that you have for small, minority-owned, veteran-owned businesses that are looking to expand, to get engaged?
2: I would tell you dream big because there's opportunities. Just dream big. Don't don't settle. There's, there's lots of opportunity. Um, there's lots of resources to
0: support you go go big would be my my. Well, speaking of going big I, season two has started off real hot and it's gonna it's gonna take I personally it's gonna take a lot to beat this episode as we move through the season so thank you for making season two episode one amazing and thank you both for being here
2: thank you for the opportunity thank Th- you thank you, thank thank you, you thank Kimberly you, Natalie, see you again Kimberly King she's
0: it She's I'm it. I'm telling you, Kimberly, cuz Kimberly and I came in around the same time. Okay, and, so you're it too, right? Well, no, no. I am not it, but I have I I enjoy our conversations and even even when it involves the media. We have some wonderful conversations always oh, yeah. surrounding this topic. You do a good and job on so that. Like,
2: you do a good job with that, Media you know, Girl. We're you've got it, yeah, no, you do a good job. Yeah, yeah, you, no, you know,
1: I, do a good job. Both of us, I think, are just really enthusiastic about what we do. You like what you do. And yeah. the enthusiasm you know, you've got that passion, shows up in the work. That passion
2: for what you're doing. The
1: enthusiasm shows up in the work. I, yeah. I, I think we both you know, understand what wonderful opportunities GDOT presents, obviously to us as employees and to our colleagues. but. But really, in terms of being a partner in the community, we understand that we have a responsibility, um, you know, to the to the community that we serve. When we're talking about folk who travel in, to, and through the mm-hmm. state of Georgia, you know, all we Rose want Lee them Lee to, to have all the Rose very best experience. And so, all of us as a collective, you know, work very hard to to make sure that that experience uh, happens. And again, we do that because the commissioner has given us and that, I was gonna say that, that direction. I have a, I have
2: a saying. Uh, Leadership matters. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to do a shout-out to, to Commissioner Russell McMurray because it starts with leadership, having a vision, the commitment, and, and investing in supporting the people. Uh, and so Commissioner McMurray has done an outstanding job. Agreed, yeah, he's done agreed. an outstanding here, job. Here, here. Cheers. cheers.
0: Cheers to the commissioner. Cheers to the commissioner. Cheers to the commissioner, <laughs> <laughs> the commissioner with our water bottles. And we know he's still listening. Because we're at the workplace. bottle yeah, because we're at the water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> We've got water bottles. But, well, again, and I'm so glad. I am so glad that everyone um, – Who hasn't been privy to our conversations and and doesn't know this subject intimately as Mm -hmm. we do, Mm -hmm. is able to listen to this and learn more today. So so thank you both. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you have a question, please reach out to us at aotc at dot.ga.gov Again, aotc at dot.ga.gov Join us next month to learn about Georgia commute options. That's what's next on Season 2 continued ahead of the curve.